This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. Today, I interview Stefan Rivard, CEO of Hiring Branch, to discuss eliminating bias from the interview process. And what better way is there to do that than by removing interviewing from the hiring process completely? More on that after this. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I will be speaking at SourceCon in Minneapolis about the impact of AI on the recruitment industry. It's been a long time since I spoke in public. Thank you, COVID. (laughs) But I'm back on the circuit now. If you want to see my triumphant return to the stage or my spectacular failure, (laughs) time will tell, meet me at SourceCon in Minneapolis September 21st through September 22nd. Register now because tickets are going fast. And when you do register, use the code JSSSCFLL23 to get 10% off the ticket price. I'll say it again because it was a mouthful. Use the code JSSCFLL23 to get 10% off the ticket price. I'll say it again. Ah, never mind. Just, Just look at the podcast description. The discount code and the link to register is there for your convenience. Now, will I see you soon? At SourceCon? I hope so. SourceCon, here I come. Hello and welcome to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Special guest, tell us, who are you and what do you do? So my name is uh, Stefan Rivard. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Hiring Branch. And what we do is that we help companies hire for performance by eliminating interviews, especially for frontline workers. Eliminating interviews. I think that's how you got on my radar. You were talking with uh, a mutual acquaintance about how you hire people without interviewing them. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, we went out to create a platform that really helps um, companies that are hiring in high volume, which represents the majority of companies out there uh, and customer customer facing roles. And um, we wanted to evaluate, you know, their their language skills, their employability skills, uh, and their soft skills. And the platform worked so well that one of our customers came up to us and says, "Do you know we don't interview anymore?" And I said, "What do you mean you don't interview?" He says, "Well, we, you know, we we've run through the the, the both uh, scenarios, and we've realized that the, the platform works as well as a human, if not better. And hence, that's where we, you know, where we are now." Wow! Wow! That's that's interesting. That's interesting. That <laughs> um, comes to, that brings to mind a lot of different questions all around uh, interviewing and hiring. Um, like, what are some common biases and stereotypes that HR professionals should be aware of during the hiring process? Because that comes up a lot. Well, I think you know it comes back from like when you meet someone. There's like I was reading this article from the Princeton psychologist uh, mm. Janine Willis and Alexander Todorov, if I don't pronounce it well, it says it takes a split second to make an impression 
on a stranger's face. Uh, so that's fascinating. No, ma- no matter where you are, you make a judgment call, conscious or unconscious, automatically. So mm. bias, there's all kinds of bias. And I think that, you know, when we, 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 our instincts are really deceiving to us sometimes. So we have to figure out how to remove all those types of uh, biases, ageism, sexism, racism, but there's so many of them. And really we have to look at the human and the skills they possess and hire them based on those skills and the, the skills you need to do the work. Interesting. Now you mentioned all the isms and, yeah. <laughs> and so forth. How can HR professionals ensure a fair and unbiased evaluation of candidate qualifications and skills? Is that even possible? Well, I think it is for frontline workers. You know, uh, I think that the, the type of roles that we use our platform for. So, you know, just to, to clarify things, we're not hiring managers. We're not using our platform to hire, you know, leadership or C-suite or any types of those roles. We're really focusing on, you know, customer facing roles hmm. where the most important skill is really your ability to understand customers and talk to customers or oftenly referred to as people skills or human or soft skills. And they're really specific skills. And, you know, there's a lot of studies around that. And they say that career success is based around that. So we evaluate those skills uh, in, in using our an artificial intelligence platform. And it really does it unbiased. You know, we're looking forward to do you people do the can does the candidate understand the question? Can they articulate a clear and concise answer? Can that answer be understood by your, your client? So this really, you know, it's like creating these very hard metrics to evaluate things that sometimes people consider unmeasurable. Um, and to do that in an interview either takes a lot of time, and especially when you're doing high volume, uh, and you have to have multiple rounds. And even then, you know, you'll have the same candidate presented to two different people, and they'll have two different opinions of that same person. And it's not based on science or metrics. So using an impartial tool that does that and is verified to make sure it's impartial leads to better results. Hmm. Hmm. I, I can imagine someone listening and thinking that they would want to eliminate discrimination and maybe promote diversity in their hiring practices. How would they go about doing that, you think? Uh, well, I, you know, again, if I go back to, you know, really looking on people's skills is the most important, um, important part. You know, we work with companies, global companies that are around the world, and we just focus on the skills required for that job. So, you know, you don't, and, and CVs are typically, you know, not for these types of, for these types of roles are not a good indicator of what the skills that people have. And as we're going through more and more in the future, these high volume roles, it's really skills-based and really focus on the skills. Um, so I think if you focus on a skill and you give that person a, a fair shot at the job um, using an unbiased process, then you'd be surprised at the results you'd get. Interesting. Now, do I keep saying interesting because I do <laughs> find it interesting. Uh, is this a, a, a thing that HR should do with their gut or is there a certain kind of strategies or tools that it should use to uh, mitigate unconscious bias? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like, you know, we're, we're a tech platform that offers this, this platform around the world. And I think if you use a tool, it really helps you to, to if you use this as the first step, it does two things. The first step is that it gives that candidate and, and the worry all the time is that if you're adding a step to the hiring process, you're going to get less candidates. And the reality is that candidates prefer having an unbiased approach. Our platform, what we do is that we run the candidate to a job simulation where they actually have to take customer calls 
or customer scenarios, and they have to answer the best of their ability. And we evaluate what they're saying and how they're saying and if they understand the questions. And candidates prefer this. So, you know, we had some customers who were terrified about losing candidates, especially in a job tight job market. And the reality is that they ended up with more candidates and the candidates appreciated not being judged from their background, whatever, whoever they are, just being judged by their ability. So that's the number two. And the other part of it is that for recruiters is that if you do use an interview, you do it later on in the stage and you already have these metrics in front of you that helps you gauge that candidate. So it's like, you know, instead of using a CV, you're using a profile that's been designed about the ability of the the candidate to talk to customers. So it's really rethinking this hiring of, you know, the CV, then interview, and then another interview, uh, and just saying, well, you know, isn't it best just to put that person in a role and get him an ability, give him a chance to do the role and getting an unbiased way to evaluate how well they did that role? And, and that's how we're approaching that problem. Okay. Okay. Typically, I hear when people are talking about uh, biases and so yeah. forth and uh, diversity comes up. And then there's the the nomenclature of cultural fit, which uh, I struggle with getting a definition for cultural fit yeah. uh, for comp- with every company. How can HR professionals navigate the challenge between balancing diversity uh, with hiring for cultural fit, whatever that is? Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, cultural fit, you know, I think that, you know, the way we get around cultural fit, not get around, but we've created, you know, I think companies have to create very clear values mm. of what they're looking for to hire and what the company stands for. You know, um, you know, some of our, some of our values, we have, you know, eight core values, but every time that we hire somebody, you know, we make sure to mention them to the candidate and these values could be, you know, uh, it's okay to make a mistake, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, to learn from it is more important than to try to hide it. So, so that's one of our values. Everyone's different and their opportunities in life, uh, everyone deserves a fair opportunity or whatever it may be in life. So, and, and just, you know, make sure that these values are nice and clear that people and you follow those values constantly. So we follow those values in our hiring. We follow those those values uh, when candidates are being hired through our platform. And every day we live by those values. You know, everyone deserves a fair shake. Everyone deserves a fair opportunity. Uh, the world is not created equally, but doesn't mean that, you know, you can have a fair shake of things. Sure, sure. There is a um, HR tech conference around the corner, a major one. Yep. And um if you, I, I make an easy prediction <laughs> that if you walk through the HR tech conference, you won't be able to go two feet without seeing the word AI or someone mentioning artificial intelligence in some way. Uh, what role do you think technology plays in promoting fair hiring practices, uh, whether it's AI powered or not? Are there any risks or limitations someone should be aware of, you think? Yeah, I, you know, I think like in a, there, there are a lot of examples of poor AI used poorly Mm. um and then you have to be careful about introducing bias you know making sure your data sets that you're evaluating the right things um that's really important um but i I think more and more is what we're seeing especially with generative ai or just you know regular ai Mm. is that these tools are really something that are a bit of a co-pilot to help you in your job so hiring managers but not only any kind of job nowadays like they can really process a lot of information they can do it really accurately, but also 
just as importantly, you need to keep an eye on it. So, you know, part of the process, you have to constantly evaluate how well your AI and making sure that, you know, you don't have bias creep uh, introduced into whatever you're doing and, and start with that with clear rules of what your expectations are. Yeah, I, I guess in terms of reducing bias, uh, I, I imagine that would happen during the initial screening and the resume review stage. Yeah. Uh, how can professionals promote uh, inclusivity or diversity, you call it what you will? And reduce the bias during the initial screening and resume resume review stage. Yeah, so I we don't work in that space. <laughs> okay. Again, okay. You know, we, 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 what we're the way that our customers have looked at it and the, the partnerships is that we've tried to use the, our platform as the first stage. And believe it or not, we have a lot of customers that the CV is used really at the last step. Hmm. And and the CV is just really a validation of what you know the the skills that as proven through our platform that they have just to make sure there's no blaring emissions or, or, or holes. Um, there's a great article by in a Harvard business review that talks about there's 27 million hidden workers in North America today. Hidden workers. Hidden workers. Okay. Yes. How are they hidden? So they're hidden because they have CVs that may not indicate that may have holes in them. So they have example of military spouses that have traveled all over the world and may not have worked for 10 years. Okay. So they've got great skills because, you know, it's not easy to travel around, you know, live in different parts of the world and come back. But so a CV parsing uh, tool would just eliminate them or a housewife who's raised a boatload of children. Sure. Um, sure. Again, it's the same thing. The CV parsing tool is biased. This person hasn't worked. They can't do the job. But I can guarantee you that person, these type of people can talk to a variety. They can talk to your customers. Uh, they have great soft skills. They know how to listen, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, it really, this is what the hidden worker scenario is. You know, that's a good example you said there. I, I'm thinking of someone that I met at a conference she, uh, who was a, a TA manager and she has seven kids and she somehow manages seven kids and a full desk at work uh, at the same yeah. time. And, and, and I was like, how old are the kids? And they're were, they were all relatively young, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you must be like an awesome manager. You can manage all that at home, then come to work and yeah. then go back home to that. Oh my goodness. I was blown away by, by her. She was quite impressive. It's, and yeah, there's a lot of these people around. Like, you know, uh, you just overlook it. We, we did a project with a, a big American telco and our platform was hiring people, recommending people because we don't hire, recommending people that they would have never looked at. And more importantly, they're performing better than their old process. Wow. So it's you really need to widen, you know, the, the funnel, and you really need to focus on the skills for that job. And that skill for that job is different from a sales role or a support role or a telco. And people are comfortable in different things, and and you need to really hone in on those skills. You know, I. I... Are you able to talk about any legal implications and compliance requirements surrounding fair hiring practices? Because that, that question comes comes up a lot when I'm talking to other people. Um, and how can the HR professionals stay up to date on that kind of stuff? Uh, how do you yeah. stay up to date on that? Yeah, so we say, yeah, we have an AI governance paper that's, uh, we have a, a framework where we're based in Canada, okay. and, and the government runs a project called AI governance. So we follow that governance uh, principles, and those principles make sure that you're constantly testing your AI and algorithms to make sure there's no bias into these uh, 
And, you know, over and over again, we, you know, depend, doesn't matter where you're from, your ethnicity, your sex, your, uh, your beliefs, your religious beliefs, uh, you know, our tool does not discriminate against any of those. Um, and, and that's really important when you're doing, you know, governance, um, that you're, you're making sure that you're very clear and transparent and it's not a black box making decisions. So if a tool, I'm curious, if a tool, uh, proves not to be compliant in some way yeah. is there some kind of fee or some i mean some kind of uh yeah penalty not currently in canada but it's something that our large enterprise customers you know we we review the data constantly i know yeah. that in some states there's some new rules that there are penalties um so you have to be you know you have to be you know you have to be a good citizen you have to live by the words you preach um sure. but yeah th there are some penalties okay um but yeah i was curious because it here um like in new york uh, not, not in new york now but there's a new york law yeah um uh new york law 144 that says you got to be audited once a year to make sure your company is is your your the products you use your tech stack is compliant um with uh non-bias and so if someone checks your secret sauce in your tools and if you are found wanting uh, then get your your checkbook out because <laughs> they will hit you hard i mean okay. something like it was something crazy i think it could be as much as ten thousand a day or something like that depending on how many infractions or how serious it is so um i thought man that's a easy way to well it's an easy way but it, there's a way to check for bias, but it's also a way to, to raise tax money up, I would think, too. Because <laughs> you got to do it every year. They got to check you every year. Yeah. And, and is that, and I've, I've read that law. I'm not, I'm not uh, familiar with every detail, but is that in, including your just your normal hiring practices? Um, CV and uh, interview? I don't know. To my knowledge, it's just checking the tool itself. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's called, um, well, New York Law 144, but it's also been cited as Automated Employment Decision Tool because right. there are other other cities um, implementing similar um, things like that. But it hasn't gone federal yet. yet. Yeah. So I think, well. yeah, and I think those are good initiatives, but I think that should be across the board. You're not just with automated tools. Even sometimes, you know, your legacy processes can have bias. Um, you know, you should be just as accountable to your 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 interview and CV parsing. You know, autumn you're doing manually, and if you have bias in that, and you know, you have a workforce not ref reflective of what's out there, uh, then I think you should just be as liable. Sure, sure. Yeah. How, how do you speaking about um, bias and liability? Uh, we yeah. haven't talked about pay equity. Um, how do you ensure fair compensation practices during the hiring process? Oh my god, that's really out of my wheelhouse. Uh, I think you know we have. With it, I can tell you, I can talk to you about what we do in our in our company. Is that okay. you know, we do we do have a, a fair uh, pay policy in place, and you know we have categories of jobs, and everyone is on based on experience, and we live by that. So, um, and it's really important. And again, you know, we try to be with our employees uh, as transparent as possible, mm. uh, and sure, and internally we make sure that you know everyone is treated equally, regardless of you know background or so. You know, it's important if we're promoting a tool and developing a technology that helps promote diversity and, you know, equal opportunity that we do the same internally. And and companies need to do that. Like they need to be transparent and they need to have a, you know, a deep look into their hiring practices and, and pay practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. Yeah. I, I also wonder, 
like when I hear about, you know, um, not uh, bias, non-biased initiatives and the things we're talking about, one thing that always has to sort of scratch my head because I just don't know the answer. I don't know. If, I don't know. If the, I don't know if it can be answered actually. But how can HR professionals measure and track the effectiveness of their fair hiring practices? Because one can make the argument that they hired the best person fairly, um, but that person might not necessarily be uh, a minority per se. But because they're not a minority, does that mean that they were hired unfairly because they're not a minority? I mean, I, I've heard arguments around that. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you. What your first day is these are difficult questions to answer. Yeah, uh, uh, there's no obvious, but you know, you know, base. You know, where we're based in Canada, like we again, like it's really have to make sure that you have to give people the opportunity, regardless. Like you really have to give the people opportunity, regardless of where they're from. Like you know, we have as a company, we're extremely diversified, mm. uh, and you know, because of our hiring practices really based on your skill set, you know, do you have the skill regardless of where you're from, what, you know, what sex you are, it's really important as a company. And the, and if you follow this, then the, the you know, the, the beauty of it is that you have this great company that has all kinds of skills from all kinds of people with all kinds of experiences. And as a company, you grow and evolve and you, you come up with incredible solutions to your problems. And you sort of like you're automatically building into this unbiased approach because everyone has a different opinion. So uh, yeah, we're, we're very proud of how we've accomplished that. Very cool. I, I want to, um, you've been very generous of your time, but I, I got to get your reaction to this one article that came up on my radar the other day. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was sort of funny. The headline says, restaurant goes viral for signs saying now, now hiring non-stupid people. And here's a, here's a quote from the article. Um, no help wanted here. An Ohio restaurant got creative in attempts to attract reliable employees and hung a sign outside of his business saying, now hiring non-stupid people. The signs were hung outside of Santino's Pizzeria in Columbus. And after they were posted on social media last week, the business has been getting a lot of attention. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. What do you, th- is, is it biased to say we're not hiring <laughs> stupid people? <laughs> what do you think about it? Uh, you know, I, I like to qualify what's stupid or not stupid <laughs> according to this <laughs> this restaurant owner. Uh, you know, uh, is it biased? Uh, it's, it, it doesn't sound very fair, uh, you know, quantifying all these things. Mm. People have different skills for different jobs. Uh, you know, you, you can't, and they do different things. You know, a scientist is very different from a customer service from they have different skills. Uh, I can't live without our customer service who has incredible communication skills. And he's really empathetic, um, our, our person who runs that department. So, you know, I don't think it's right to be quantifying people as stupid or non-stupid. That this isn't, you know, this is not great hiring practices. Definitely biased. <laughs> Definitely biased. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's the, if there is a silver lining, they got a lot of publicity for that pizzeria. Don't know if it's the kind they want it, <laughs> but they did a lot of it. Yeah. I, I think someone. I think someone had a bad day when they put up that ad. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If someone wanted to get in contact with you and learn more about your about you, your business, or just sort of pick your brain, how can they find you online? Yeah, they can find us at hiringbranchoneword.com. Um, and uh, yeah, our emails are on that website. And we'd be thrilled to talk to you about what, what we're building and how we're excited for the future. Cool beans. I'll also make it easy, uh, dear listener. I'll leave a link to his website in, in, uh, in relevant information uh, in the podcast description. 
Thank you so much for your time, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jim. It's been great. Appreciate it very much. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you again real soon right here with a brand new episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached by email at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And one last favor, if I may ask, please rate this podcast. Uh, Five stars is preferred, (laughs) but uh, please uh, comment uh, with your honest opinion. I really appreciate that. All right. Okay, until next time, bye-bye. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.